Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Privileged, honored, and humbled to have on the Mike Saffel podcast today. My man, Rohan Marley. What's going on, bro? What's up, buddy? Good? P- appreciate you coming down to the absolutely, bar to hang out, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Listen, here's the deal. We have a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Mutual friend hits me up. He's like, listen, Mike, I'm going to be with Rohan Marley later on. You should have money show. I'm like, <laughs> dude, of course. Rohan Marley, yeah. son of legendary Bob Marley. And I'm like, this is the linebacker from the U. Yeah, of man. course I want him on. So my, like, my buddy, Al, he always, he's always looking out. You know, He told me about, we were, we were having a few... Um, well, a cu- couple of drinks at my house. We had some dinner and stuff. And, you know, so some guys hanging out. And we just started talking about your part. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. But, Rowan, here's the best part. Reggae and roll, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's the best part. So I'm like, yeah, I'll talk about the you. Talk about your dad. Yeah. I Google you and I see Farmer. I'm like, is this a fucking joke? What do you mean, Farmer? <laughs> so how does Rohan Marley get in the coffee business? Well, well, shit. When I was at Miami, um, you know, I left in 95. I did a little stint in the CFL because I was kind of ineligible for the NFL. And now, I mean, as you know, my son now is playing for the Redskins, and he's like, you know, just surpassed everything I dreamed of doing, which is good, because that's what sons are to do. So between 95 and 99, I was searching to find out what I want to do as a man. How can I contribute to society? How can I then implement all these things I've learned over my lifetime, as my father talked about helping people, giving back? How do I then make that into a reality? How do I manifest that? So in, after, you know, um, having kids with Lauren, uh, you know, Lauren's very, very famous woman, and I was like just a little peon. <laughs> and she's like, what do you do? So with that question is the question that propelled me into becoming a farmer, even just becoming an entrepreneur. I went to Jamaica. I had about $200,000 that I had from a family deal. Went to Jamaica. There was a piece of land that was available in Jamaica. I bought the land. But when I bought the land, I had no idea what I wanted to do with the property. I didn't, so I, you just bought land? I just bought it because uh, I heard that it had a river on the land. When I went to see it, it was so beautiful. I thought it was like, there's, it's impossible that someone would sell this. I have to take it because I want this piece of land in my family. I bought the property. So I'm like, wow, what did I just do? Did I give away all my money? So while I'm walking off the land, right, the entire community, they're standing there and... and to my knowledge, what was going on was the previous owner of the land, he promised all these people work. But two years, three years, four years go by and there's nothing being done. So they're pissed off. They're like, what, the, what is he doing here? What the fuck? Who does he, who's, he, who's this guy he's with? So the first thing he did was like, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. This is Rohan Marley, one of Bob Marley's sons. So now I got to open my mouth. I'm like, what the fuck? What do I say now? But, you know, being Bob's son, I had to kind of posture up, you know, like, you know, put on my... My uh, my little yeah, lion but, man. Yeah, your your, your body armor because yeah, your name I, is heavy there. Your mystique, yeah, sure. It, yes. And when he said Bob Marley's son, I saw a little twinkle in their eyes, like hope, you know. So I said, What am I going to do now to to give these people hope and give them to believe in a future and believe that I can do something that can propel their life and create a progression in this community? The first thing came to my mind. I said, Let me ask you something. What is the community known for? And they told me coffee. I said, coffee like oil? They said, yes, Mr. Marley, coffee. I said, what's on my property? He told me coffee, Blue Mountain coffee. I then said to them, do you know anything about coffee? 
I said, yes, Mr. Marley, we've been farming coffee all our lives. So then I stuck my hand down. I said, all right, we're in the coffee business. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? So that's 1999. And, and I went back and I started to learn how to <laughs> grow organic coffee. Because the one thing I did say, that if I'm going to get into this farming thing, this farm has to be like me. It has to be the way I eat because I have to eat from the land. And when I told that to the community, you know what they said to me? Oh, Mr. Marley, it won't work. You're going to be wasting your money. I said, listen to me. If you use any chemicals on this property, I myself, I'll come and I'll cut every tree down because you're not going to be working for me or working with me and, and develop all these ailments. You know, you know the chemicals, the cancer, mm-hmm. uh, all the, the, all the, some of the things that you came with, I don't even know. But I just knew that at that time, a young boy, understand that it's, not, it's just not good and we don't eat that way. So I told them they got to do it my way and they agreed. So since 1999 to 2010, I sourced... I studied, I researched, I moved to Ethiopia in 2007. I, I started to learn about coffee as an interdu- inter, like a universal. So you went all in. You didn't, you didn't just get the land. You went all in. I went all the way in. I went all the way in. And, and, I, and then lived in Ethiopia. And discovered, because I ended up like going back to Jamaica because I was living in New Jersey. And I started moved back to Jamaica to start to develop this farming thing. But what happened was I could not, develop, I could not um, reap enough on my 52 acres in order to get an export license, nor did the government at the coffee industry board at the time knew anything about uh, organic coffee. Because okay. I was the first guy. You so know? it's a new thing here. It's a new thing there. So I said, shyster. Um, 2004 comes around. I reap all my product. I sell it. I give it to this guy to process for me. Long story short, they stole my coffee. I kind of gave up. Oh, wow. Moved to Los Angeles in 2004, end of 2004. While I'm there, I launched Tough Punk Clothing with my brothers again, the family. Failed at that because ran out of money. Our partner was taking too much of a high salary, and we didn't. I couldn't get a budget from the family anymore because they're like, "Listen, if your part, if your partner don't take a salary cut, we gotta shut the business down." Well, he couldn't at the time because of whatever circumstances. So, 2007, I decided that I need to go and cleanse myself, and I decided that I want to be connected to Africa, Ethiopia. And in that year of 2007, on the Ethiopian calendar in September, it would have been the year 2000, and you know. Due to my studies and my research in life, I, real, I, I overstood from a long time ago that the Christ and the good spirit will return to the earth in those regions. And being that I was connected to the oldest calendar, I wanted to be there for that. While I'm there, I discovered coffee in Ethiopia. And I discovered also that, that um, Starbucks, they were buying coffee from Ethiopia. And I was saying to myself, being that um, the biggest coffee company in the world, they also source coffee. Why don't I do the same thing? I let my farm become an inspiration to me and I started to source coffee like Starbucks. I also, while I was there, a gentleman said to me, let me ask you something. Um, what are you doing here? I said, well, you know, I came home. He says, no, man, you're Bob's son. Do you sing? I said, I don't <laughs> sing, but I have a coffee farm. And then he says to me, do you know that Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee? And when the Yemenites would cross the Red Sea into Ethiopia and bring the coffee back to Yemen, the Europeans would buy the beans from the Yemenites and then they would say they have the beans from the Arabs. But the truthful name is Arabic, um, uh, Ethiopica. The Arabica is what they call it today, but the birthplace of coffee is Ethiopica. So I said, boom. That was my second signal. I went to a monastery that I visited because what I did do in the year 2000 of the, uh, the European calendar, I did go to Ethiopia. Seven years prior, I went to the same monastery and I saw coffee trees on the monastery. And the, the, the hermit that I was traveling with, he was like, I say to him, I said, I thought the church, what is this? What, uh, coffee on the land? 
He took a cherry to me, long story short, threw the cherry to me and told me it was going to be my future business. Seven years later, he sends me back to the same monastery. While I'm on the monastery this time, I go up to the top of the monastery and I see the coffee being processed on the monastery. So I say to the monk, I'm ta- I took pictures of everything, of course. I say to the monk that's there on the monastery, I'm like, I thought the church didn't deal in coffee. He says, well, the roof is leaking. The poor people need food. The priests they need this, they need that. We have coffee, we trade coffee. So those three reasons is the reason I got into the coffee business. I've never in my life... That's been, such a long story. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I, you know, I, I jotted out some notes on you. I'm like, oh, maybe he'll mention the coffee. Dude, you have fucking real passion for coffee. <laughs> you really do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you just have a, you have a coffee cookbook? It's on your yeah, Twitter today. Just, like, yeah, dude, just, you're all in with the coffee. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's like, um, it's part of my life, man. And it was like the, the way I could express myself through a sustainable movement, you know. Um, you know, and then from coffee, it stemmed to the House of Marley, Marley Natural, and uh, Marley Beverages. So we as a family, we, we just, like, it's important that one of us, like, just didn't just say, okay, I'm going to be a musician mm-hmm. like my dad, you know. I, I, took, that, I took that lead because I, I feel that a football player, I wanted to play for the NFL, you know, which my son is doing today. And I failed at that, and I failed at uh, getting into the fashion industry. I failed at that. So the only thing I, I really could return to is what my father started out as, which was a farmer. And I said, you know what? I want to be connected to the people and the farmers and the community. And that's how I learned about what sustainability is because I realized that the land that, was, that, that I attained in 1999, that I couldn't take that land anywhere. You know what I mean? The land was just for me to be a steward of the land and try to develop something that can give more to the community because who might... What, you know, when you have so much, much, much is expected of you. And what am I doing? You know, instead of spending money buying new shoes, I'd rather spend money giving it to the, the people as a salary because I, I had to because I had no budget or no business plan. That's <laughs> deep, man. It so really I is. Just, I just switched up where I put my money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now before we get into the football, I want to talk mm. about the you and stuff. Mm-hmm. You live in New York. Yeah. What's your favorite New York City hangout? My place. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live? What neighborhood? I live in Tribeca, but I love to go to One Oak. I love to go to Up and Down. I love those guys, and I used to go a lot to Provocateur when that was around. But also, right in Tribeca, there's a few spots I love. Macau, and then there's the, the um, garage. What's that place called again? Uh, organic Garage, where I eat all that food. Yeah, Antique, on Church, on Antique, Church Street. Is Antique, Antique Garage. Yes, yeah, yes, I love yes. that place. I love Macau, <laughs> and I love it. You know, And I have a lot of... I love the neighborhood. I'm I'm friends with some of my neighbors. We stay on the step during the daytime and talk to people. We just love. I just love New York because I feel to to where I am as a human being, as an entrepreneur in the development stages in life, the business development stage. I want to be in the pulse of business. I want to be in the mecca of business because that's where I'm learning and that's how can what I can contribute to society is right. Turning my 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 knowledge into something profitable for people. And also being able to give back, you know? Rohan Marley. First of all, I'm stoked you're here. No, this is cool shit, man. This is cool shit you hear. How does a dude, Jamaica, mm-hmm. where soccer, real football, mm-hmm. is king, mm-hmm. how do you move? Because, you know, I, I looked you up and stuff. You yeah. moved to Florida. Yeah. How do you go to playing soccer in Jamaica to come up here playing American football and then go into the U with e- a scholarship? How does that happen? Easy. No, don't say easy because I tried to do it. I mean, <laughs> when I say easy, I mean like. Um, so when I was raised in Jamaica, right, I left Jamaica. My father passed when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I left Jamaica when I was 11 and a half, 12 years old. But up until that point, I, I grew up like a rebel, you know. I used to hunt food. I used to shoot birds with my slingshot. I used to walk around the community and pick up bottles so I can have money to buy food, you know, because my mother didn't have any money. 
she get my dad gave her some money, but of course she's young, so she's gonna use that not only for me but for her, and she needs it more than I do. You know, all I need at the time is food and clothing, so she provided that from breakfast and dinner. But anything in between that, I need to fend for myself. You know, so I'd go into the cane fields, I break cane, I learned to swim in the canal. So I kind of grew up fighting for my for not fighting for my life but fighting for survival you know fighting the kids in my community because you know they thought I was a little bit special because my dad is Bob Marley but they realized I live in the same place they live so I'm not special Mm -hmm. like why is he Bob's son and living here with us he should be living somewhere else but you know they realized that I was a good guy and I and I and what I have I shared what my father gave me I would come back to the community and shared with them because I was the only guy with a soccer ball a football you know so one day you know, they expelled me from school in Jamaica because I used to live, I live in this place called Spanish Town, which is a lot of hours away. And I had to get up at early in the morning. So I just, and then I was like the outcast because. Oh, you're not about that life. You're not going to yeah, start traveling for school. Traveling for <laughs> at school. At 11, that's, come on. Earlier than 11. I'm doing this from, from, from like six years old, taking a bus because oh, that's God. we didn't have cars. So, but at the time, I, I, you know, you have to have a uniform to go to the school. And, you know, I play a lot and I didn't have too many PE clothes. Like, you know, I didn't have too much gym stuff. So, you know, you, this, I'm a, you know, I grow rough. So my, when, if my pocket tore, I had to stitch my pocket up because I can't go to school with a torn pocket because my, my, it's a bush jacket, two pockets up top, like, you know, like a, and two pockets down. You're in uniform, yeah. Uniform. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to stitch it up. And then when I'd go to school, I'd be the only odd cast with a, with a brown and white thread. So I felt a little bit out, you know. And so I just didn't like, after my father passed away, I kind of got a little rebellious. So they expelled me from school. And I went to Miami I, um, in the sixth grade. I had to redo the sixth grade. And while I was in Miami, um, the Miami Dolphins, when I got to Pinecrest Elementary in 1984, into the 84-85 season, it was Miami Dolphins here when they played the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it was Marino, Clayton, Marino, Duper, Clayton, right? Duper, yeah. Nat Moore, um, the Blackwood Brothers, uh, you name it. You know, a lot. I was and you like, were hooked when you saw the Dolphins I, I was, hooked? I was hooked because I learned to play the game by um, kickball in school. I didn't know what kickball was. You, you, you throw the ball, they roll the ball to you, kick it. I, I played soccer, so I used to kick it for a long <laughs> distance. But then you had to throw the ball when you're, out, when you're in the field. But I used to throw a lot of stones because in Jamaica, I was like little David. I used to stones were my only <laughs> weapon of choice. <laughs> That's how we fight for survival down there. You got to stone these guys out of the community because they'll take over. <laughs> so, so I learned then. And then one day in PE, they picked up this Ovlon ball. Like, uh, I'm like, what is this? What's this brown egg-shaped yeah, ball? I'm yeah. like, what do you do with this? Like, they start throwing it around. I'm like, wow. And then you go home, and then it's the month. And then I have neighbors, so the kids would invite me to their houses because we play a lot of flag football. And then the thing was, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, number one. And I was always on the radio, and I became a Dolphin fan. So whenever the Dolphins would lose to any team, I'd go in my little Atari, and I think it was Tecmo Bowler, one of those games. Of course, yes. And I beat the team they lost. <laughs> and then I, you, you gave me revenge. You're good. Yeah, yeah I got revenge <laughs> on my game. So I learned to play the game by watching television. And I picked it up. And then in an eighth grade, I went out for the Optimus League at 135. My, my hero, I mean, I couldn't play quarterback because that was the, what I was practicing for. But the other position they put me was split end because, you know, and my hero was Mark Clayton. I took number 83. Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. But 83 was available. So I started out as a receiver, and then in ninth grade, I was ineligible because I was, weigh, I was weighing 145, and the weight class was 135. So I was like, well, sorry, 138, 140, but I wasn't in the mood to lose weight. <laughs> Man, you fight every, you're a fight, you fight every rule. Lose five pounds now. Go no, to school. Now yeah. I'm not traveling to school. No. Fuck that bullshit. <laughs> so, then, so then I sat out. I played flag football my ninth grade year. 
and then tenth grade now, tenth grade, they um, I played also baseball because the guy thought I threw the ball well, so I tried out for the varsity JV team. Sorry, varsity JV. Don't make any sense. I tried out and I played on the JV baseball, and I played a soccer, and I also wrestled in um, junior high and wrestling senior high because of of, of, of soccer. Mm-hmm. I ran track. I did the high jump. I ran the four by four hundred relay. I was too slow for the hundred, but I had a quick forty. <laughs> And I became a, a, a football player. They moved me to t- a cornerback because I just didn't like, you know. They they wanted me to play fullback. I wasn't into that. Mm-hmm. Moved me at um, a tight at court, uh, cornerback. I picked every pass off of there. Um, spring ball, my 11th grade, going into my 11th grade year, spring ball, they moved me to strong safety. First day of practice, we had on helmets, no shoulder pads. Back came out the backfield. I dropped into the flat and I knocked his head off. I, like I Ronnie Lott, you were just yeah, throwing your head. I, I didn't know I couldn't hit him without it. We had our helmet, so why not? <laughs> so I hit him and they're like, Marley, what are you doing? And then the linebacker guy got hurt and they moved, they're like, okay, we're moving Marley, the linebacker. So, so because I knew nothing about football, my favorite number was number 10 because of Pele <laughs> in the 10th grade. So my number was 10, that's JV. <laughs> When they move me the linebacker, now I'm like, all right, now it's time to get serious. What number do I choose? I choose number 44 because of Brian Bosworth. The Boz, <laughs> the really? Yeah, so I tied my head like Bosworth. I played in spring. Did you wear the bandana and stuff? Did you? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I, I tied my head like Bosworth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so um, spring ball, I showed out. I played well. And then my junior year, I moved to linebacker, led the team in tackles. My senior year, I took us to number four in state. I took us to a district championship. Broke my ankle. We lost that game because I broke my ankle in the first series. And after that, I, of course, I pl- after football was over, I played the entire soccer season on a broken ankle. So I, 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 I mean, I, I didn't. I never made it heal because I didn't want. I'm the type of guy when I was in junior high school for track. I got in a fight like Monday or something. All no, right. sorry, I got in a fight on Friday. Right, this guy from the senior high came down to my high school, picking on the young guys. So I, so I said, okay, hold on a second, let me go see him. You gonna grab some stones and go fuck him up? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't use stones this time. This time I was in the Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> so I said, let me go find what's going on. Anyway, I, I beat up the guy because he was beating up our kids from senior. I was in the ninth grade. I beat him up, but I broke my hand, my thumb, punched him in the head all the time. So it's Monday. I have a cast on my hand. <laughs> We have, um, we have a track and field meet on Tuesday that I didn't know about. So my sixth grade period, of, um, because I had, to, I had to be at the, um, the, the track and field for 10 o'clock in the morning. So my sixth grade period on Monday, I took the, the saw <laughs> <laughs> because they said I couldn't participate if I had a cast on. So I took the saw on a Monday evening and I cut the cast off. <laughs> So Saturday, Friday, sorry, Tuesday, I, I taped it up and I, and I did my track and field. <laughs> so that's why my thumb is like this today. I never, <laughs> I never healed it. So my entire pro, uh, college career, I had a broken thumb that always bothered me. Did you get a full ride to the U? Yes, sir. Because now last ride, actually. You can take a drink. I make this question long. <laughs> University of Miami, the U, you guys have two 30 for 30s for you. It's Catholics, convicts. You guys have a reputation of a million different things. Yes, Yet it's probably one of the most. I'm a Kentucky basketball guy. No, no. So I, <laughs> sure, I, sure, you're an athlete. You know the you, rules. You no, know, no. But you, you know, you appreciate historical franchises that 
the U dominates. Sure. And when the U's good, college football's good. Football Alabama's good. always good. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you play with some legendary cats down there. Yeah, sure. And I'm going to tell you something. This is the truth. I'm going to show you my phone later. Three <laughs> dudes I work with and two other guys. I'm like, hey, if you want to swing by for the podcast, I tell them I'm having you on. They're like, dude, number two, my favorite dude, my favorite linebacker. Dude, you play with Ray Lewis, Warren Sapp. Jesse Armstead, my I'm a Giants guy, so you play with Jesse Armstead. Jesse's okay. my roommate. I, oh, he was he really? number one, I'm number two. Yeah, Jesse's my... Like Jesse's my big bro. When it comes down to football, Jesse Armstead is my big brother. Like he's really. I didn't know you played with Armstead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. He's my, my first year. I played with Jesse. I backed him. He was a monster to you. First, Jesse is the greatest linebacker that ever come out of high school from it, Carter. It's, it's like linebacker. Carter you. High School. Yeah, Carter High School. It's you, he's Ray the, Lewis. It's these guys are yeah. legendary people. Horn Sapp, yeah, Horn Sapp, uh, legendary players, not just uh, in college in the NFL. It's just Gino Toretta, Heisman oh. winner, uh, Kevin Dub, the freaking these guys are Heisman Trophy guys. Lamar Thomas, Horace Copeland, Spence, and I mean Copeland, all these, all these guys. Leon Searcy and, and, and Darren. And you played for Dennis Erickson. Yeah, I played for D. Yeah, you love them, Coach E. That's a player's coach. You, you know what I love too about the U. You guys preach family and family, and it's funny because yeah. Kentucky does that too. And the you guys get shit for it. like when Jeremy Shockey would go down there and practice. All the you guys would do it. All of us. Yeah, it's like a it's like a family. Edri- like today, um, my best friend, my best friend, Edrin James. You know, we didn't play together, but there's number thirty two for the Colts, at, baby. At no time would Edrin ever come to New York and not see me, or we don't see each other. We didn't play together. Uh, Clinton Portis, another one of my really, really close friends, best friends as well. As a matter of fact, all the end of all the uh, college guys we that goes to University of Miami, they're considered my brother, brothers, blood, everything. There's no UM player that can't show up in my in New York and not have a home to stay. It, it, it's weird because not, not many schools are like that. Like, and I'll tell you, I'll bring it back to Kentucky at the NBA All Star game. John Wall's there with Anthony Davis. They never played together, but Calipari makes sure, hey, we're going to be a family. We're going to preach it. And you know what? That's good for recruiting. You have a guy like you. Like, I'm friends with these guys who I never played with. Never played with. And yet you're still legitimate never, friends with Brian them. Brian McKinney. Never played with Brian. I mean, uh, John Beasley. John Beeson, um, Beasley. Beasley. Um, you have... Um, the, the legends in the NFL is, is yeah, the you. I, don't, I, can't the remember, I can't remember some Do you of throw the, up the U sign all the time or no? Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know we have that emoji. That's a U sign. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Be, before the show, and it, you were saying, oh, I want to play in the NFL, but I was ineligible. Yeah. Because you play in the CFL. What do you mean by ineligible? So, uh, all right. My junior year, you know, um, I hurt my MCL. Um, I took a few days off, a few weeks off. I went to Jamaica. I didn't do the normal rehab stuff. <laughs> I went to Jamaica. That's the worst the rehab I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Came back for the bowl game, played uh-huh. in the bowl game, and then my son Nico, he was born on January 5th. So after the bowl game, I flew to Haiti. But I want Warren left, James Stewart left, another one of my really good friends. He was running back for us. He played for Minnesota as well. So my class, a couple of my best friends, they left. So I'm like, I'm not coming back to school. And first of all, I, the school was dicking me around a little bit my junior year. Like they wanted to play a kid that they brought in who's an All-American. But, I mean, I'm on the field, so he has to beat me out, which yeah, he couldn't. So they dicked me around. They benched me home games, started, started him home and away. Then they were just playing games. I'm like, I'm not into this emotional bullshit, roller coaster shit. So, so when, when Sap left and James left, I was like, shit, I'm not going back to school. I don't want to fucking play for um, Coach Butch Davis. I don't know his system. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to come and fuck me around. Like the and you loved you, were, you were said you were a DE guy, so you didn't want to go from Coach Erickson. Yeah. To, okay. I, I, I'm, I, I, they're um, Tuberville. Because what happened, my sophomore year, I coached Tub. 
Then Coach Tubb left and had a different D coordinator, which is a great, great guy, Greg McMackin. He's my really, really, really good person. But they just didn't understand my style of play. They kind of changed me around a little bit. And then fucking, um, then I got to sit through this bullshit and then deal with deal with um, this other shit again. I'm like, no, nah, I'm in and fucking. That's frustrating. You, 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 you tell me you're hurt. You're playing your ass yeah, off, and I'm all of a sudden, playing my fucking ass off. And then here's this fucking new guy comes. So now. So now my son is born in Haiti on this January 5th. I can't call to tell these guys I'm not coming back to school. I get back around the 7th. I go to the media department. Hey, I'm the one declared for the draft. Okay, let's see. Rohan, do you know, the, you, know you had to declare yesterday? I'm like, shit, I was in wow. Haiti. Wow. And they called the NFL. The NFL said no exceptions to the rules. So I said, fuck it, I retire. And I walked out of her office and never went back to school. Seriously? Seriously. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to try to bring it back. So I don't know if you know Olden Polonese. He played in the NBA. Mm-hmm, he played mm-hmm, for the Kings. Mm-hmm, he's been mm-hmm. on my show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's funny. He's Haitian. And I'm like, dude, why'd you enter the draft? You know he was supposed to go in the year before, mm-hmm. but he missed the fucking draft deadline. Yeah, he, same he, shit. Yeah, his agent. It's his fucking... You can't missed be going the, to Haiti. That's what happened. Missed happens. the fucking draft. I missed it. Same fucking thing. And because I was a jackass, yeah. too, I'm stupid. I knew I, I didn't give a fuck. I don't. I wouldn't. I didn't. I know nothing. I didn't know I can go into a supplementary draft. I didn't know I can fucking be a free. I didn't know and shit. And they weren't offering you no, this. Guy. Hey, bro, I, listen, you missed it. But don't worry. No we'll one's talking to me. Oh. Nobody's talking to me. So that's why I say fuck them all because no mm-hmm. one helped me at that time. I didn't give a fuck anyway. I was done. See, I'm getting pissed off because I'm so passionate. When when you talk football, I mean, I Is cried. I cried because of not then, crying sad because after I went to the CFL and I left the CFL. Because my idea was to come on, play one year in the CFL, then come over back to the NFL, try out. But I quit before I could even do that shit in the C. I couldn't take it anymore. The fucking game was just not the mm-hmm. caliber of fo- bat- football I played at UM. So I couldn't go through that frustration anymore. So I left, went back on the road with my brothers, decided to get into the family business, music. And I couldn't watch football for like five fucking years. I, I mean, I burned every time I saw it. I had to turn, I couldn't see it. I was like disgusted. Now, your son, Nico, yeah. he balled out of Tulane, mm-hmm. and now he's on the Redskins. He, had a, he beasted week listen, one. He was listen, awesome week one. Bro, Nico, um, amazing. First of all, didn't get drafted, undrafted free mm-hmm. agent. Go there at the minicamp. The, the Redskins, you know, oh, we can't not sign anybody. Come next to you're signing him. Hey, Dad, um, I'm here, but I'm not getting any work. Okay, Nico. Dad, I'm getting a lot of work. Okay, Nico. But, but, dad, I'm... Okay, Nico. Now here comes the first game. Oh, we don't know. Bye, 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 bye. He's a small linebacker. Small linebacker. No, I love they say undersized Under- linebacker. Oh, what God. the hell? I didn't know there was a height. There, the is there, is there a, if there's an undersized player, there's got to be somebody too tall to play then. <laughs> we have too tall of a linebacker <laughs> coming in. He's too jacked to fucking <laughs> yeah, play like, linebacker. If there's an undersized linebacker, where's the fucking oversized guy? <laughs> yeah, he was all concerned. He was fucking great in week one. Fucking amazing! But he's been doing this his entire career at Tulane. He's the number one tackle guy that ta- tackles for lost. That's behind the line of scrimmage. He's always in the line of scrimmage. That, Bro, he, he the smallest down. guy behind the line. Well, of he's scrimmage. undersized. <laughs> yeah, he's undersized compared to them. I was undersized, but I was knocking guys out. Like my my buddy Christian Fourier, he played for uh, he played for Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually had a conversation on Twitter recently when what he you know he's like Rohan. I've been looking for your ass. I want to knock you back out. <laughs> but you, you, you know, these quote-unquote undersized linebackers, dude, they're like the hybrid linebackers that every coach wants. That They want the monster linebacker, like the Ray Luke, like these guys, and then the hybrid that's going to fly all over the field. Oh, the energizer. 
Ray Lewis is, a, is the, the perfect example. Ray's not the tallest guy either, you know. He's not the 6'2 guy. Ray's 5'11. I mean, you know, on a good day. Ray's 5'11, 5'10 and a half on a beautiful day. 5'11, actually. <laughs> but he's a fucking animal. They used to say he was undersized. He's, you know, 5'10 or whatever you want to call him. I'm going to give him 5'10 because I don't want to think he's too much taller than me, you know. We compete every day. He's my roommate, actually. Best friend still today. Great human being. Ray Lewis. Great human being. The way you're talking about football again, he has passion whatever he does. He can be writing a story. When he writes his article down, he gets passionate about everything he does. He's, he's, he's out of my stable. And you, you Ray's out of my stable. When you at, Ray's out of my I brought Ray. At UM, I was his guide. So I took him in. He's out of my stable. Yeah. Ray, 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 like, we need each other, you know. Because that's that line order brotherhood. Because... In this world today, you know, people like to believe things they hear, not what they know. But because yeah, they I read a headline, that's they, it. They don't fucking do read. They don't read. They don't listen to the. Like, how can you tell me something about me when I'm telling you about me? But you're gonna go, no, no, no. But John said you did this. No, no. The headline said this. this. Oh, then okay, then it but, must okay, be fucking true. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> but here you are talking to fucking me, and you can't ask me the fucking question. Get the fuck out of here. Now, question: We have a, we have a problem though. We, we your Jay, son. Hook me up, Jay. Here's a problem with your son now. He has two games now. He's playing the Giants on Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve. He's going to have two horrible holidays when my Giants smack him around twice. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I want to see that. I'd love that. I want his ass to get on this 53-man roster. Keep playing like he's been playing. Like, keep on fucking going at it, son. Like, you're, you're a fucking animal and you're special. And you know what it is, too? The Redskins have such a passionate fan base. My cousin too much, bro. No, guy, who cares? Listen, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll start cursing. The fucking Red. Now, the Redskins <laughs> have this passionate fan base. Yeah. They love players oh like that. God. They well, love players I, who I, give their heart. You, you, They'll you, go 5-11, but they get so I, fired up for me. Dude, him. I absolutely love it. And I read something, you know. I read something way when in, this, in the early 60s when the Redskins are early 50s. You know, I, I, I listen, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm truly blessed to have a son that has the opportunity to do something that I dreamed of doing. You know, my first son, you know, is like, is like because I always think to myself, I'm like, fuck, look at these guys. They got fathers up in the NFL. Mm -hmm. They got fucking uncles that played college ball. But fucking me, I don't have any fucking body. I'm the, so no one really look, cares about me. It's like, ah, it's a fluke. Mm -hmm. When you see my little lion out there, I call him the lion. The lion. When I see my little lion out there, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Now they fucking know it's true. Dude, I, I love the... I'm getting fired up right now. I might go tackle somebody. I'm you got that, me fucking started. Yeah, maybe bro. that bartender, the girl I can take, I'll just tackle her right now. <laughs> she got muscle. Yeah, I do. <laughs> all right. I'll find someone else to tackle that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. A couple of fun questions. Sure, please. Right now, whose name's heavier? Who's more popular? Bolt or Bob Marley in Jamaica? You got to answer it. You have to answer the question. Well, I'll answer the question. Being that Bob is my father mm -hmm. and Bolt is one of my really, really good friends, and we are Jamaicans, you know, and there's only 2.2 million people. We love the fucking conversation. <laughs> we love that the whole fucking world is speaking of about course. us Jamaican guys. Bob and Hussein. You know who's more popular? Bob and Hussein is more popular than everybody else <laughs> in this world. <laughs> that must be passionate, though, because, you know, the Kenyans are known for the marathon runners. Yeah. Dude, the sprinters. We're, we're known for every fucking thing. No, the female, too. That female, the yeah. female team, too. They're unbelievable. She is amazing. I, I, I'm like, I watched the last track and field, you know. i tell you the truth. I know my people, right? And it was more like a, just to showcase for Hussein to go and, and give, his, give his thanks to Because, trust me. Yeah, he cannot. There's nothing for him to prove. No, no, he's the greatest. I mean, there's the great, like, yeah. he, like, come on, what the fuck? You want? I, 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 I cannot. 
I'm not going to fucking train my ass off for the one fucking race just to say bye to you, motherfuckers. Yeah, it made, it made no, no sense. And get I hate, the fuck out of here. You know what I hate? It's not happening. The one asshole or two asshole reporters. Well, this minor tarnishes like Tarnish? He's the greatest How runner do you tar- of all time. Be, find me someone better than uh, yeah, oh, so the I greatest guess, runner uh, ever. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Like, tarnish? Ever. Get the fuck out oh, of here. Oh, because he did win his last race. No one's going to remember that. They're going to run the Olympics when he... Bro, win his last race. He, w- he did not run the last race. He wasn't in it. Bro, I know who's saying both. He didn't train for this shit. All these fucking interviews and this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. When it mattered in the Olympics, he put on the showcase This was a fucking thank you, people, for loving me, giving me, I'm going to run one fucking last time for you to see my my stallion. That's it. Beautiful structure on this track where you have never seen a man like me before. Kiss me goodbye. And and here's how I always like kind of rank things, okay? I watch every sport. It seems you do too. (laughs) My grandmother, 93-year-old Italian lady, when Bolt was running... We got to. Wa- I'm she's serious. Watching. Yeah. So w- when you can get to cross the cultures, when you're like, oh, I, my grandmother, I watched the Met game. I mean, oh my God, Bolt's running. She would make sure she was watching it. That's like when the whole world is watching. Believe me, you that's know, when he. Sh- and that's when he because, fucking shines. Because the, the truth of the matter of fact is that he is really, really, really special. Like, it's once like, in a lifetime. We'll never it, see anything like him. Never. It's like Michael Jordan. It's like Pele. It's like the greatest of, like. The greatest of greats, the, Jesse Owens. Yeah, the, the Mount it's Rushmore the, of the, their the, sport. Yeah. The, the Mount Rushmore of their sport. I mean, legends, bro. Really. And I'm just thankful to know that, you know, he's a Jamaican guy. Mm-hmm. But we don't compare Hussein to my father because it, it's not... It's Apples not, and oranges. Who does that? Okay, now you got to be honest with this question. I'm going to be honest. Do you get more girls, more ass, being a Miami linebacker <laughs> or a Marley son? Most girls don't even watch football. <laughs> oh, don't, it's the you, believe me. Do you get... You no, get, I don't. I get more ass. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I get more ass as being me. No, I'm right, let me ask this one. Who paid you better, being a Marley son or the, or the you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Being a Marley son, you go to stu- you go to the UM and you take care of the goddamn players. I'm the fucking guy that they're like, we're going to host this guy. We want him on our team. Like, you're sure, coach? Yeah, host him. I'll host him. I'll, I'll, yeah, keep the money. I'll, 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 he can eat out of my plate. <laughs> okay. So you're known to be like, you know, you're a, you're a fashion guy now. Mm-hmm. Growing up, what was the worst fashion you had? There had to be a style that, looking back now, you're like, holy wow. fuck, what okay. was I rocking back then? Well, not really. Well, because sh- well, I'll tell you something. I got a couple. All right, let me hear. So, in, in, this is an embarrassing moment. Okay. When I was in Jamaica as a little boy, <laughs> I had one uniform, and I never used to like denim pants. You know, my, 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 my uniform was like a twill, the pant. And I a comb tool at that. I know fabric, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so my pants was torn from the crotch all the way open. So I had to stitch that shit the night before because we had a, a like a sports day in school. But I had a jean pant that was perfectly fine. It was blue like my pant, but it wasn't my uniform. So I wore the fucking pant I, I um, had to stitch up while I'm in school, man. And right before the P.E. shit started, my fucking pants ripped. <laughs> So I had to walk home and my pants looked like a skirt. I remember hearing people say, that couldn't be Bob Marley's son. Oh. No, 
Well, yeah, but so I was in. Okay, how about t- totally embarrassed in the states? What's one thing you did? Like, I'll tell you, like, <laughs> remember you, we have the starter jacket. And you have like hold 80 on, let me tell you what. I want to know the He's a carry a fucking man purse when I was oh. in junior high school. Why? Why <laughs> the, would you ever do that? That was Jamaican cool. style. No. Gangster, get the fuck out of here. This is Jamaican. That's never style. cool. Yes, it is <laughs> Jamaican style. We carry a pouch. It's called a fucking pouch. Now I'm hearing them calling this shit a pur a purse. Get the fuck out of here. I burnt mine. <laughs> Dude, this was in the ninth grade, and I used to walk with a cane just to look sporty. I was, in, I, I'm an old school Jamaican guy, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so you know what? So sweaters in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> so Rohan Marley, because of the man purse, so you didn't get ass in ninth grade. So tenth grade, tenth grade, I was no, I was no, 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 honestly, I was fucking when I was like what, nine, ten years old. Well, why are you looking for? Pro- <laughs> let him know but, the age. But let me tell you something else. When I got to Miami, yeah. at fucking twelve. I did not get no pum pum till like fucking I was seven, five years without pum pum. I was fucking when I was a kid in Jamaica. I'm not even fucking Miami. My grandma, she won't let me fucking go out. I couldn't <laughs> do shit. I fucked up. I didn't get no pum pum till I was like in the 10th grade. <laughs> and your accent wasn't crushing it down there? Because anyway, I'm a huge no, traveler. But, Listen. I, but, I, but I can't go out. I can't do shit. Oh, okay. So you've been meeting the girls and you couldn't do anything I with couldn't it. do shit. I couldn't. Uh, and you couldn't be texting them, come by my window. Texting. Oh, you are horrible. Oh, that's horrible. And then I remember, I was, I remember falling <laughs> in love with this girl in the ninth grade, right? And I did everything to win her over. You know, I even went and went where the fucking day job with her father who used to remodel houses. I was <laughs> painting and shit. Think I'm going to get this girl. Never got the bitch. <laughs> you went all in? <laughs> Went all in, but finally, after I left and had another girlfriend, that's when I got the pussy. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, well, let me ask you this question. Were you ever corny with stuff? Like, what was your corniest game? Because you seem like you're kind of a smooth dude. There's all models, beautiful girls. You know what's this, corny this. about me? Let me hear. Dude, let me see what's corny about me. <laughs> Let's see. I'm a fucking corny guy sometimes. Let's see what's I'm, corny. I'm on a corny pick. I'll tell you my corny pickup line. You ready? I was like in eighth grade. Where you're from. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like in eighth grade. I went to the movies with this one girl, yeah. and I wanted to make the move. Like I wanted to make the kiss move, but yeah. I didn't know how to do it. I wasn't smooth, and I'm never fucking. This is how corny it was. I'm embarrassed to even say it. We're watching a Brady Bunch movie, yeah. right? And they kiss, and I look at her. I go, "Hey, hey, you you want to try that?" <laughs> <laughs> but here's the worst part, Rowan. I'll tell you how it gets even fucking worse. So now she's like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Oh." So I'm going, and she's going, and what do I say? I only go right. Like I, go <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was the worst fucking four seconds. <laughs> Guy, it was so embarrassed, and I remember we, Get the we fuck kissed out like here. three seconds, and the movie still like another forty minutes, and I just sat there. I'm like, you know, oh. and I'm sweating. Like I feel the sweat under my arms. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, God, yeah, just yeah. let this movie end. Like it was the worst <laughs> day of my fucking life, man. It was horrible. It was the worst day of my life. <laughs> so, I'm in fucking California. I'm in love with this girl in Miami because I'm in school in Miami. I go to California. All right. I'm in love with this girl. She never kissed me, never nothing. But I'm like, I'm Jamaican. I had to buy this girl something, you know. At the time, sh- silver shoes were hot. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Man, I fucking bought her for a silver shoe. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, took, I took that shit. I, t- <laughs> I took it to her house, bro. When I came back from my lake, I took it to her house. She's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Did you get her at least? Nope. <laughs> She never fucking even oh. wore a shoe. I'm like, wow, I'll never do that again. <laughs> Buy a girl a pair of silver shoes. You know, back in the day, like. No, I don't know then it was ever cool. <laughs> I never heard silver shoes unless you're a porn star being cool. Come on, man. Man, I thought it was cool. Wait, wait, I got another one, right? So when I was dating Lauren, I'm Jamaican, so, 
you know, you, you're Jamaican, man. When you go somewhere, you always bring something back for your woman, you know? Okay. So I'm dating Lauren. <laughs> I go to the mall to buy myself something. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy her a shirt and some shit. She told me, don't ever buy me shit again. <laughs> Wait, what was wrong with it? What was wrong with it? The style was just fucking <laughs> off. <laughs> like, I don't know how to buy clothes for a woman. I'm like, what the fuck do you buy for a woman, you know? I, like, I'm not a woman. I don't know shit. <laughs> so I never did that again. Stop. I learned when I was in the sixth grade. Sorry, seventh grade. And then I learned I was a grown-ass man. <laughs> grown-ass kid, actually. And you know what's great? Well, grown-ass kid, you're a grandfather now. Is that crazy or what? Man, I remember when my son was like... Uh, <laughs> now I'm sorry. Is this, this, this Nico's uh, Zion? Z- okay. True story. He's a 20 year old. Okay. Okay. He's, he thinks he's Jamaican. That's why they have babies early. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I'm in fucking um, Japan and I'm f- I'm getting ready to go on a plane and his mom's hitting me. Yo, the baby uh, Zion and this woman they're in the baby's she's in labor. I'm like, okay, I'm about to get on a fucking plane. What do you want me to do? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're going to be a grandfather. I was like, don't fucking call me that. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. I was pissed off because, you know, you know, I was fucking pissed off. Mm -hmm. But the day I I arrived when he was born and when I went to the hospital, it's like everything I thought of. Oh, he was too young. I saw that little baby, that beautiful boy. I was like, wow, amazing. I had to say to the mother, I said, you know, anything you need from me, I'm here. I'm here to support you guys. And. I want you not to worry about anything. Just learn how to be mothers and fathers of your child right now because that's the reality that we have to deal with. And I love him so much. Beautiful young boy. A mother is beautiful. Beautiful human being. A father is just a great guy now. He's, he's been keeping up. And I wanted to call in on his ass because he's such a fucking genius. I want him to say some shit on the program, but whatever. You'll come on again. We'll yeah, set next, it up. Yeah, we'll you, set up. You, you know, it's funny you said that, Rohan. I'm going to keep you for a few more minutes, man. It's funny. My brother... Just had a baby, Marion, three weeks ago. Yeah. My first nephew. And while, you know, during the pregnancy, you know, his life's up and down. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, he shouldn't be having a baby. Yeah, yeah, he's not sure. ready. Exactly. And like, I was excited, but like the whole time, fucking my mom that, and I were like, sure. oh my oh, God. He's not ready. And yeah, he's not ready. Sure. How's he going to So, the, dude, that's all that's going through. My, my mom too. and I. Everybody. The entire so family. I drive. To, he, he has the baby. It was like two or three weeks ago, Thursday night, Friday morning, I drive down. And even walking in, I'm like, uh, and then I saw, my, I saw the dude. I saw Tyler. I'm like, Oh my god! Like, dude, that's it. Everything washed Hey, away. we're a team now. And then you hold him. It's like, Fuck, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. What, what are you it? gonna do? It's like this could be the next president. Yes, seeing a little baby. This is it's the like, next king. Yes, this could be the next that's greatest. What I said, I said, you're gonna could, own the world, my friend. That's why I said that. He could be the next greatest human being. And here you are, fucking trying to be a little dickhead. No, yeah. fuck that. Let's give. It's your positivity. Life. You want positivity? Posit- give it to what him. What are you gonna do? You're gonna, you're gonna. Uh, Turn him down and no, 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 no. Because you know what? When that kid gets older, he mm-hmm. says, Uncle, fuck you. He's going to remember your ass. But no, I want him to say, Daddy, I love you. Grandpa, I love you. Uncle, I love you. Are, what are you going to be called? Are you going to be called Grandpa? Pop? No, 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 what? no. Don't fucking call me Grandfather. Grandpa. I'm only 45. <laughs> yeah, call what, what, what? Baba. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Two questions that I'm curious about. Sure. The name Marley. It's a heavy name in Jamaica. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jamaica is, you know, it's impoverished. It's poor. Is, is yeah. it pressure on you and your family? Like, Hey, listen. Well, I, let, let me tell you the fucking problem yeah, in Jamaica, me. right? Those motherfuckers down there, because you're not one of these so-called family names that blah 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 blah. The Jamaican people are a little hypocrites sometimes, you know. 
they don't they don't really love the Marley's they should not the the, the top notches mm -hmm. because we come from trench town and we didn't use their we didn't use them to build who we are we built it ourselves you didn't go through the royalty we didn't path. fucking go through the payola shit mm -hmm. we did it the right way you know so it's a little difficult to get things across to those motherfuckers because they're they, still the high society the high that, fucking yeah, society bullshit the poor Mar uh -huh. Uh -huh. Okay. yeah 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 oh no we don't want them they're the fuck you mm -hmm. I say to those guys you know what I mean but we will always support our people our way we don't need a fucking anybody we do it as my father did it then and we're gonna do it now our, our main focus is like why I started farming was to help the people directly not fucking go through any fucking guy I remember you, you like, let me tell you what happened to me not doing let that. me tell you what happened to me I bought my fucking land right and I want to get into this farming thing farm license become a farmer help the community right this one fucking politician guy, I remember, his, I, I, he was the, the, the um, director of agriculture or some shit, mm -hmm. minister of agriculture. This motherfucker milked me. Is that the one who stole shit from you? No, he's a min no he milked me. I paid his ass money because, hey, Ron, this is uh, what he, how he milked me. Hey, Rohan, you know, I'm, a con I'm, a, I'm the fucking head of the, th this is my constituents and I'm the minister of agriculture. And, uh, you know, whatever you can do for the kids, uh, help me out. And we always make sure that you're, you're protecting the community and you can help. You know, I got a fun drive going on. I need $200,000, Jamaican. I need so and so and so And I would give this motherfucker money. He took advantage of your kindness that you want. Yep. Took advantage of my motherfucking kindness. Pardon my curse words. You didn't curse as much as you want, man. But, but he did. He took advantage of me. And that's why I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm trying to do something good. And here you are fucking using me like I'm some fucking dumbass. But, but fine, I went away and I did my shit outside of them. And, and doing it, we don't need anybody. But what I do, we do need is our people of Jamaica to understand that, hey, the Marley family is for the people, not the fucking government. Well, you know the truth, the whole, listen, I'm not a music guy. You know what's funny shit? So I don't listen to any music, okay? No fucking music. I, I don't, if I heard about Marley. I don't listen to fucking music either. No, I don't listen to my dad. I don't listen to shit. So, but you know, the one thing about your dad, Dude, he, there's not a lot of people. You're gonna see a white dude, a Chinese guy. Everybody Give wearing the, the fuck. No, you see everybody wearing the Bob Marley shirt. He yeah. preaches that, and they Great. take advantage of your stuff with that stuff. It's fucked up, man. And they fucking do all the time. That's why we have to create the House of Marley mm -hmm. to separate ourselves. Marley Coffee, uh, Marley Natural, and Marley's Beverages, Melon Mood. And why we created that shit to let people know who we are. No fucking different. You're than proud of it. I'm very proud of what I've done and what my family is doing today. Because why? We didn't fucking go and bastardize anything. We built it from scratch. You don't see, our, see us plastering our father on any fucking thing. No, but we keep our, we keep our family's name. <laughs> Happened? <laughs> no, that's good. We keep our family's name <laughs> and legacy alive by doing things our way. And through a sustainable way, I thought I was cousins too much. No, no, not, it's a bar. You're good. Yeah, sure. I'm actually three last questions. Number one, here we go. Best piece of advice that your father's ever given you that you passed on to your kids? Listen, motherfucker. If you give any more trouble, you're not my son. <laughs> Bob Marley quote. I never saw that quote on yeah, a TV. He didn't, say, he didn't say motherfucker, but he basically said that to me. Okay, here's what we're going to say right now. I access to everyone, and you have to give me one answer. Okay. You and I are out uh, probably next week when we go to One Oak, you and I. Mm -hmm. We're at One Oak. You want to impress people. Mm -hmm. No one cares. About oh, I don't want to. No, 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 no. Listen, no, you got to finish. Rowan, you got to finish the question. I don't want to impress anybody. Oh, you're, you're finishing my question. Right, go ahead. You got to take out your cell phone. Yeah. Who's the coolest dude in your phone? Listen to me. Mari Stoudemire. If you t 
Damn it, that's that's pretty good. But you said you said <laughs> no. If you if you text him, he would text you back. I need no. no you, you gotta give me one answer. He's the coolest. Well, listen, I got a couple of fucking no, no. You gotta cool give me one. Give me the coolest but one. Amari Stoudemire yeah, is the coolest. And I'm a Nick fan, so that's huge for me. Amari Stoudemire is the coolest fucking guy in my phone. How do you how do you know Amari? Just all from well, I know him from many years ago. We met when he played for Phoenix. We met in LA. Is, he was cool, and then Amari is a spiritual spiritualist. Yeah, he's, he, he's always in that. Didn't he go to Tel Aviv? And Amari yeah. won the champ. Amari left here, played one more year in, in, in Israel, won a championship. Amari studies like nobody's business. Amari knows what's going on. Amari is ancient, teaching Judea principles. Amari is a real deal. And you want to know why everybody loves Amari in New York? Because when the Knicks, well, we still suck. But when we were nothing, he was the first guy to come. He goes, hey, give me the team. Put him on my back. I'm gonna try. Amari Love him. One of the greatest guys you ever meet. Trust me. Love him. Amari Stoudemire. My friend, absolute pleasure. Rohan Rastafar, Marley. I love. You have fun? And thank you because, uh, you know what? We started out and I was telling you a story and mm-hmm. stuff, but we got into this conversation and I started to fucking. You, you, I, I like that you let me be me because I, I'm not a fucking saint. I curse. Well, you know what, Rowan? I, I didn't want I, to be I, fake, and that's I, what I... I ain't fucking fake. <clears throat> but, Rowan, you know curse, what I want? I you. talk like a real fucking man. My lion. Lion order. Let, well, oh, yeah. I'm about to day. join the lion order thing. So hold on. But you know what's <laughs> funny? No, because I wanted to hear about the coffee thing, because I was legit curious about it. And I wanted to just talk to you about your fashion, your corniness. And <laughs> I'm a corny fucking <laughs> And being a guy. grandfather. I'm a grandfather. Corny. I'm a, I'm a corny grandfather. Serial <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> Rohan Marley, thank you, my friend. Rastafari loving. Anytime you need me, let's do it together again. My Respect. Friend, thank you, my friend. That's a great time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.